0: Good to see you guys. It's a little nippy in here, isn't it? Do you like the cool temperature in here? Yeah, good. We're trying to keep it cold in here for you. If we can do that all summer, we need a big attaboy. Hey, if you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors. And today we're talking about how to live a life worth living. And our focus is on following the Jesus who wants us to be fully alive. And I don't know about you, but I can get in ruts where I'm not willing to change. I I just would rather go on things being hard then make a change because it takes too much work. Here's an example. It's running shoes. Any of you have like shoes, like several pairs of them? Okay, so here's the deal. These are my, these are, this is my first shoe. It's an ASIC. It's the preferred for a lot of runners. It's a preferred running shoe. High gel inside of it. When you honestly wear these, they're so comfortable you wear them to bed. You just, you just crawl into bed. It's a little awkward if you're married, but it's it's, you know, they get used to it, a kick or two throughout the evening, but they're so comfortable. Oh, you love them. And then I renewed them in January uh, 2018, and they didn't, I just said, hey, just give me last year's, and you guys are way smarter than me, and they're like, uh, last year's, it's not necessarily the same. I'm like, what do you mean? You changed them? <laughs> do you not think this through? You changed the shoe. What do you want, more money? Is that the deal? These weren't expensive enough? I didn't say all that, but I'm like, they said, they just change them, they just change them, and so they gave me, so I tested them, and this was the only shoe that fit decent, it's, a, it's an Adidas Ultra Boost, but it's, it didn't feel that good, and I kept wearing it, and it wasn't, it hurt after a while, once you get to a few miles, it's like my, you guys know this, it starts to hurt um, the feet, and so I discovered you can actually buy, in many cases, last year's model online. Did you know you can buy things online? It is crazy the kind of world we live in. So I bought these online. I put them on. I said, honey, I cannot wait to get these Asics. I put them on. I'm like, "Ah!" Oh! and I can run on the cement and the asphalt all day long. Doesn't hurt my feet. Well, that's not entirely true, but it, it is awesome. You got to get there. And sometimes a lot of people have injuries. It's not because they got bad knees uh, or bad back. It's because it's the shoe. And so, go to Fleet Feet. Get your uh, get your shoe taken care of. They'll take care of you. And I'm not. I don't work for Fleet Feet. I just appreciate them. So, how do you get comfortable so that you can stay alive? Because in Jesus, we can get burned out. We can get tired. We can get cranky, old. Now, I'm not talking about your age, but you just kind of get critical, critical. And how do you get beyond that? And I want to talk to you about being alive today. And the way you the way you really come get fired up is. New, newness, pursuing something new. And here's the the message straight up. I'm going to challenge you to be new like a child today. I'm going to challenge you to be new like a dead person today. That'll be fun. And then I'm going to talk to you about writing down your dreams. Okay? That's where we're headed. So all new car owners are fired up. Any new car owners? Cut? Cut? Wow. (laughs) Wow, not a new car. All right, so maybe one. All right. You're fired up. You want to park your car way out in the distance, keep it all vaced out, keep people away from it, keep it polished and shine, talk about it all the time, pet it, do all that stuff. All new parents are fired up. We've got a baby. This is so cool. What? He's up? Are you serious? All new marriages are fired up. Oh, my word, you're my best friend, and now we get to live together and do life together. This is so awesome whoa, we didn't talk about this. But we get fired up. And then lastly, everything new is fired up. I mean, if if you're experiencing something new, it energizes you. A new pair of shoes, a new car, uh, a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend. Uh, Newness is good. Newness is good. You get fired up. Now, when you first learned about Jesus, if you're a Christian today, you got fired up because you learned that Every sin has been completely, totally, completely wiped away. Sin is what separates us from God. It's our own kind of self-absorption, our own narcissism. All that was completely paid for, for from the beginning of our life to the very end when Jesus suffered on the cross. And you're like, that is so awesome. I'm completely free now of the, of the uh, condemnation that my guilt can cause me to have. And then we learn when we're Jesus that God has a plan for our life. He's not just, like, interested in us. He really cares about details. He cares about your career trajectory. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your kids. He cares about your, uh, your enjoyment of life, as we learned last month, that you're enjoying life is a value for him that you're experiencing. And then finally, um, your future is absolutely secure forever. So if you're in Jesus, we believe that there is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Nothing. No no height, nor depth, nor demon, no persecution, nothing. You're always loved. You are always up and to the right, trending towards hope and God's plan all the time. You can try to mess it up, but he's all in for you. And when you experience Jesus like that, you want to tell everyone. You turn into one of those weird Christians and you're like, it's been good. I mean, this is different, but it's really been good. And people start to get inspired by what's going on. So here's the universal equation: new equals, new equals passion. And in Jesus, there is such a thing as very appropriate, healthy, God-fearing newness that equals passion. God-fearing newness that equals passion. I like what the founder of the fal- sal- the salvation, the founder of the Salvation Army wrote in the late 1800s about. Christendom. This is what he said. The chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. English founder writes in the late 1800s fast forward. A hundred plus years. Wow. So how do we avoid this? How do we like experience stuff that's really cool? I got to tell you, I think we experienced Melissa and I, the Holy Ghost this week. We had a couple friends connect with us in our neighborhood and just tell us, hey, we're interested in moving towards God and church. And we're from either an atheist family or we don't like church. And they're like, we're ready. We think that's the Holy Ghost. That's special. So... One of Jesus' writers made this statement. He said, never be lacking in zeal, but, join me on the red, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep your fervor. Keep your passion. Keep your heart. Keep it going. How do you do that? How do you stay fervent and passionate? That's what I want to talk to you about today. How do we kickstart our faith so that it's fresh and alive again? Could anyone use a little kickstart today? Like, I could use a little kickstart. I'm talking like a vente." Oh, kickstart, all right? All right, I'll try to pick it up for you. So the first step is this. Jesus knows you're better off young. Now, don't don't let this hurt your feelings. He's not talking about your age. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about your attitude. Stay young. Stay young. This is what he says. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. How do you stay young? What is it about being an adult that makes it so difficult for us to kind of Relax. We're, there's so much pressure on us to deliver, to to do the best job we can all the time, and yet it's hard for us to kind of relax, like the pastor coming on the platform a song early. I mean, it's it's hard for us to relax, right? I think this. I think this, and 27 million other people thought this was a great example of how hard it is for us adults to scandals happen relax. all the time. The question is, how do democracies respond to those scandals? <sighs> uh, and what will it mean for? Uh... For the wider region, I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift shifting sands shifting in the region, do you think relations with the north may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon, me. pardon me. My apologies. What, going to be for the region? My apologies. North... Uh, Sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last six months. To a year. Isn't that awesome? How many think his wife deserves a five-star or three-star Michelin dinner that night? She better get it. She's working hard. So we're so serious. We're so focused that it's hard for us to laugh. Like, don't you guys love to laugh? Don't you just need it? Terribly? So G.K. Chesterton wrote, English author, wrote the book Orthodoxy, produced in 1908, and he was talking about God's character. Check this out, because it speaks to the childlike character of God. See if this resonates with you. Because children are abounding vitality, because they are in in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. (laughs) For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. Chesterton is saying it is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. He's hinting that maybe the sun doesn't just come up each morning. God might be commanding it every single day. And the next morning, he says, yesterday was great. Let's see it again. Encore. Maybe it's not automatic. Maybe God never gets tired of surprises and sunsets. Chesterton went on. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately but, has never, but is never tired of making them. He, it may be that God has the eternal appetite of infancy. And then Chesterton concludes by saying this For we have all sinned and grown old, and our Heavenly Father is younger than we. He coaches us through Jesus to play. I would love to hang out with this kid for the week. Have you guys seen this?
1: Do it again.
0: Dude, look my window. you <laughs> really <laughs> <it> hearing that <laughs> yet? How many of you are, isn't that awesome? Oh, such a sweet boy. Such a sweet boy. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we really become younger? And here's how you do it. You play daily. You play daily. Like when you go to lunch today, one of you parents, if, you're, if your students aren't here, your kids aren't here when you're at lunch, remember what we used to do? Take a, take a little napkin, moisten it, put it in a straw, just sit there all casual and just poof, take your kid out. Just be like, how's it going? What's going on with you? Have a little fun. Maybe spill a glass at the table, (gasps) especially if you're really like, you hate that when your kids do it. Why don't you do it? You leave. Just spill it. Just spill it. Or accidentally take a bite out of your food and just drip it all over you. Have a little fun today. Or tonight when you get home, uh, if you're married, I mean, wrestle your spouse down. Just take him. Just take him. Get passionate. Act like you're really angry. That'd be really fun. all okay? right. Uh, and then when he or she gets angry, act like you're running and you'll never do it again. My point is play daily. I like what Rick Warren says about rest when he's talking about how we need to rest. He says this. Every day we should divert. Divert daily. On your way home, drops, take a different route home or drop something off um, on your driveway that indicates you're done working for the day. And I know that's hard. Ah, I'm not that good at that either, but Divert daily. Then he says, every week, just like God rested, withdraw weekly. Withdraw, and then every year, abandon, abandon, shut down, shut down, and abandon. How come? Because we need to take. We need to have more faith that God's the one that's giving us the success we have. It's not ours. He's the one that's. He's the one that's provided us everything. We can relax. He's. He works at night. You know. You know. God works the a b the evening, and it goes throughout. He works all night. That's why Hebrew day starts, actually, in the evening, and it goes throughout the night. God's working. You, you can go to bed. He's got this. He's not panicking. Pray daily. S- Jesus knows you're better off young. Stay young in spirit. Do something fun today. Have a little fun, okay? Secondly, oh, here's an opportunity this summer. We've got a camp that we're encouraging families to go. Get away. Go up Northern California. It's called Joshua's Fest. David Crowder will be there. McCray will be there. And let somebody else, um, let somebody else, I guess one of our worship artists is going to be there. Jordan, you're going to be there? Jordan's going to be there. So go there. And, anyways, great event coming up this summer. Cool event for you. 25 people have already signed up. Be a great family event. So, first, Jesus knows you're better off younger. Secondly, this is a little more morbid, but I'll try to help you with it. Jesus knows you're better off dead. Isn't that nice? Oh, so sweet. Jesus is so kind. Look what he says. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So this is—I mean, this is. Anyone see that dead that uh, Sean Penn film, *Dead Man Walking*? That's kind of captures some of the the grisly nature of taking up your cross. It's really a pathway of self denial. It's really like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit that's in me lead me, and I'm gonna. I'm actually going to deny the flesh, because the flesh is all about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, um, the lust for things, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. And the problem is that sometimes we imagine that living a life like this is all negative. We we imagine that dying to self looks like it leads to a life of emptiness and loss. Like, what a pain. In reality, dying to self leads to a life of joy and freedom. And it doesn't mean that you cannot have a sports car uh, or, or uh, an incredible wife. In fact, I think every, every man is due a fast car and a fast wife. Just having a little fun. <laughs> when, you, when you deny yourself, just one though, okay? When you deny yourself and take up your cross, you are alive in Christ you're alive that's really where the life's at it's in the self-denial and when you when you're when you can recognize hey you know what i just it's so about me i need to quit that and just go forward and do what i think god's calling me to do when you do that it's so much more fun last night melissa and i got a late last minute invite to go to a party and i was kind of like not feeling it i don't want to go to a party Uh, we went and had a blast So much fun. Jesus knew what would be best for me, to deny myself and do what was best, always. But you live in a culture, a car-buying culture, that's saying it's all about you. How about this Camaro ad? Destroy your net worth in style. Or how about this Austin Martin ad? We're protected by more prenups than any other car. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm a James Bond fan. And how about this? Mercedes. I don't know where this would be legal, okay? But this is the fact yeah, that's right. Park in the middle of the road. Park wherever you want. Park in a disabled space. Park in a bus stop. Park in a zoo because you drive on Merc. <laughs> right? So that the culture's telling you, you just, you just take care of you. Please. Uh, I mean, liquidate it all. It's all you. Come on. And we'll, we'll finance everything you need us to finance. We're, we're, we got it, man. Here's several little tools for you to use. We'll take care of you. No, no. So dying to self is kind of this oxymoron. If you want to live, you got to die. It's the idea of trusting that the Spirit in me that Jesus has given me is leading me towards life, and I need to obey Him. And it's hard sometimes. In fact, the Puritans used to call it, it's kind of of gross, mutilating the flesh. Not literally, but I discipline my flesh so that I follow the Spirit constantly. Here's here's the idea. Dead to self means alive in Christ. And when you're dead to self, you're alive in Christ because you have less stress. Not, you're not without stress, but you have less stress. Because you trust that Jesus is shepherding you and guiding you, and he knows what's going on. You have less addictive behaviors. It's not that you don't have addictive behaviors. How many would agree you have an addictive behavior? Yeah, it's called the refrigerator for me. So we all have issues, okay? But at least in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help us recognize them and own them. Huh? and less worry. We still have worry, but we also know that we're not to worry to the point where it owns us. We're by faith to pray and with thanksgiving and trust in God who is taking care of us. He'll give us the peace that passes understanding. And what that means is just saying, Jesus, I need you to take care of this and I'm just going to trust you. And there's less abandonment. You're not the idea of leaving your family for for another car is not even a thought why because you're following the spirit you follow the holy spirit you're born again you're a new creation the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead leads you in what and how to shepherd and care for and manage your family so the idea of leaving your family it's what you don't think like that you don't even like people that talk like that cuz you don't want it to get in your mind you wouldn't abandon you're less critical how come? Because whereas there's necessary feedback, um, you're living in the tension of grace and truth. We talked about it last week, live in the tension like a, like a rubber band of grace and truth. You want to be generous with your words, but also honest. You're less jealous. You're less jealous of others. How come? Because you know that the, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. So I don't want what you have because I know who gave it to you. I want to simply know your Father. Because I know he'll, he'll give me to enjoy what he wants to give me to enjoy. I don't need to covet. I like your beamer, but I don't need it. Okay? Less moral failure. As I die to myself, I don't want to sin. I don't want to do anything that would be dishonoring to Jesus. Because honestly, it's awful. I don't like that. It's bad. And when I deny myself and do what's right, oh, it's good living. Wake up feeling good. Life is good in following the Spirit personally. And he speaks to me through the Bible. He speaks to me in prayer. He speaks to me through friends, through mentors, coaches me. He speaks to me through the police when they're following me. He coaches me. And finally, there's more, not less, life, more life. The the Jesus of the New Testament is described as the one who brought life that is truly life, truly life, being truly alive. How do you do that? You stay young. You stay young by playing daily. You, how do you do that? You die to yourself. And you, how do you die to yourself? This is, I think, a great tool that I learned from a guy named, an incredible leader named Dave Ferguson. And he, here it is. Begin each day with prayer. Every day. We say here, give Jesus the first 15 minutes of your day. Give him 15. Five minutes of listening to good Christian music, five minutes of, of um, Thanksgiving, and five minutes of Scripture memory or Scripture work. Uh, reading the Bible. Second, listen. Listen to what's going on around you. Listen at work. Listen in your home. Listen to your kids. Watch their body language. Just listen. The Spirit will lead you. Thirdly, eat together. When you get an opportunity to eat together, seize it, especially as a family. Do it often around the dinner table. Fourthly, serve. When you get a chance to serve someone, and that's really hard for us because we're all busy and the idea of serving is exhausting. But I got to tell you, it'll, it'll affect your heart when you serve. And we have people at our church that are super, super, super busy, but they set aside time weekly to serve. I want to encourage you to move that direction if you're not there yet. At New to Adventure Luncheon, you'll get to get get involved a little bit. And then lastly, share your Jesus story. Share your hope story. Tell people how Jesus changed your life and do it in a way that's appropriate. And any one of these every day is a win. That's how I die to myself. Begin with prayer. I I, I die to myself by beginning with prayer because I don't think I'm smarter than God every day. So I want to hear from him. Because I think sometimes if I rely on my own nature, I send an email, or send a text that I regret. It's reactionary. I've got to I got to suit up with the Holy Spirit every day, so that I'm I'm moving forward with great relational intelligence, with great gentleness and empathy. Can you relate? So that's why that prayer is so important, and listening so critical. True empathy is listening and experiencing what other people are going through. Eating together is just fun. You get to know people. And when you serve someone, you really make an impact on them when you serve them. Seize those moments. And your story, by the way, even to an atheist, your story is going to make a difference. Share your story. That's how we do it. Number three, if you want to come alive, if you want to, like, experience uh, the, the, the gel of my Nimbus ASIC personally, like, yes, I'm wearing these deb- I cannot wait to get me some. You want to experience that. The third piece is Jesus knows you're better off, future focused. And he uses this agricultural metaphor. He says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The idea is that if you're always looking back, like, what if I had, gosh, I should, uh, what if I, what if I hadn't or should have done that? Or are you, am I sure I'm going down the right path? No, you you just stay focused and trust the Lord to lead you, like he did Abraham, one step at a time, one step at a time. And he will give you such um, favor. He'll give you such favor personally. The psychologist said this, what a person believes about their future is more important than anything that has happened in their past or anything that is happening in their present. You know what? We work with adventurers here that are going through tough seasons. Tough seasons. And yet, I honestly believe that there is always hope for people's future all the time. All the time. Some of you guys may know the name of Nelda. Excuse me, Nelda and Gammy Vargas. They helped start Adventure years ago. They're going through a tough season. He's got stage four uh, gastric cancer. He's already hospiced. He's in his mid 40s. Oh, oh, right? But here's the hope he has he's going to see Jesus face to face here soon, he's going to have a new body. We're praying for his healing. He's down in Mexico right now, uh, getting some um, alternative care. So pray for Nelda. Keep her in your prayers. <clears throat> Got to believe that your your future is positive. How do you do this? So this is this is a. Uh, I didn't write this in your notes, but um, write down God's dream for you. Do you have Do you have a dream that God's given you? Let me ask. Do you have a dream for your family? I know you probably have a career dream. You probably have a. You know, a portfolio dream. Do you have a dream for your marriage that's written? Do you have a dream for your family, your kids, your grandkids? That can They say a dream, Steve Harvey says that his dad taught him, that a dream is something that can be, that is on paper and accessible anytime. You know exactly what it is. If you came up to me and said, what is your dream? I could tell you what it is. And is it something you're moving towards? Is it something that you're moving towards constantly? I feel compelled to tell you this. My dream for my family has been that my wife has a heart that feels fought for. My dream for my kids. Allergies are terrible in here. My dream for my kids is that they have hearts wholly devoted to the Lord. Like J-Lo, like Jacob, Caleb, Joshua. Do you have a dream? Write it down. Own it. And ask yourself, what am I doing to move closer to it? This life's going so fast. <clears throat> So imagine yourself playing daily. Really, do the spitwad thing today. I think, hey, you want to do really fun? Do it at someone else at another table. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Not Christian, though. Don't do that. That's, don't do that. Please, don't do that. That was not right. That was not. But funny. Okay. Make a commitment today to play daily. As a family, we need to do this. Okay. Secondly, bless. Begin each day. By by being a blessing. You know what God said to Abraham, the father of the Christian faith? God said, I'm going to send you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so I can bless others through you. Here's the idea. Favor followed Abraham. Abraham didn't follow favor. God's favor follows you. You don't follow his favor. You're his child. You're Christ's brother. You're Christ's sister. It follows you. Enjoy that and be a blessing to other people. He'll give you the energy to do it finally write down the dream what's the dream isn't that a isn't that crazy we would live 70 80 90 years and never write a dream down what's your dream what's your dream for your marriage Does your spouse know it what's your dream for your kids what's your dream for your finances how would honor God what's your dream for your career and what's kind of cool is once you nail it you you get to watch God do it. Now, how do you know that you have it? Here's a few tools you might write down to know you have it. I think I think we get our dreams from the Holy Spirit. Young men dream dreams and old men dream dreams. I think we get our dreams from the Bible when we read it, He speaks to us. I think we get gosh. Good morning. I'm not feeling that great this morning, so I'm struggling to talk. I think I think we get dreams. Yeah. How's everyone doing? Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. I think we get dreams from the Bible. I think we get it from the Holy Spirit. I think, <clears throat> I think we get dreams when we experience big events. Big events. Like for me, it was... <sighs> I'm really okay. <laughs> no, God gave me the dream when I was... At the, Amer- at the American Manila Cemetery in the Philippines. I was like, wow, these young people, 17,000 of them, 300, gave their lives for our country. What am I willing to do for other people, for the cause of Christ? And every one of those concentric tombs was marked by a cross. What am I willing to do for other people? That was a vision I got. And I also think we get We get big dreams by hanging around inspiring people. Sometimes it's a grandma. Sometimes it's a a parent, a mentor. Hang out with people that inspire you, that bring the best out of you. And you'll know what you're supposed to do. So ah, I want you to play. Have fun. I want you to bless. I think it's going to make your faith come alive as you become a blessing to others. Favor followed. Abraham. Abraham didn't follow favor. God was going to bless Abraham. By the way, his native country is Israel. It's still extant today because God blessed him. You bless others and write down the dream. What's the dream? Martin Luther wrote it down. What's the dream? He wrote it down so well, he didn't need notes. What's your dream? Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thanks for today. Thanks for your word. Thanks that we get to really be alive, no matter how much money we have, no matter what kind of circumstances we're in, no matter what our health prognosis is, we get to be alive. If you're here today and you've never made a personal decision to trust in Jesus and believe personally that God allowed his son, Jesus, to suffer on a Roman cross for your sins so that your selfishness, your narcissism, Your me-centered living could be forgiven so that you would not have separation between you and God because Jesus built a bridge for the two of you. If you've never made that decision, I want to give you a chance to right now to simply let Jesus in. It's a personal relationship. Just say, Jesus, I want to let you in. I want to know you. Jesus, I want to let you in. I want to know you. I want to experience you. And if you just prayed that prayer with me, for the first time to become a Christian, I want to celebrate. Would you just raise your hand right from where you're seated? Anyone? Say yes to Jesus today for the first time. Raise your hand real high so I can celebrate. Anyone? All right. Father, thank you for Jesus and the great life that he brings us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.